and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Bowler here momentarily. The Nets are in town tomorrow night, Gordon, 8 o'clock tip. We'll have pregame coverage beginning at 7. A version of the Nets. Version of the Nets. James Harden will be in town. Kyrie, Kyrie is out for personal reasons. This time uh, it sounds like it was excused, though. Yeah. Remember earlier in the year where he kind of kind of uh, just went and did his thing and Asked for what is that? Uh, asked for uh, forgiveness instead of permission. And I think this time's a little <laughs> bit different, where yeah. he and the team seem to be a little more on the same page. But yeah, nonetheless, not going to be in town tomorrow to take on the Jazz. But it's still, uh, I would think, should be a pretty fun game. We shall see. Yeah. And then Memphis twice, which you know we've we've done it a couple of times this year, but back to backs with the same team is certainly an interesting thing. And isn't it three three out of four too against Memphis? Yeah. Isn't it? If I remember correctly. Uh, I believe so. Uh, let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now, the television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? Hey, Jake. Gordon, how are you? Bowler, we're doing You're great, doing well. man. How are yeah. you? How's your bracket? Uh, that's enough said. <laughs> I think that's everybody, though, this year, yes. Bowler. I think that's everyone. Oh, yeah, it's tough. You know, I tell you, I watch hoop. But I'm not as engrossed as I once was when you know I was hanging out at CBS. But you know, as I said before, it kind of makes it tough when you had no players kind of jump and go so quick. You just don't have that same, you know, uh, fo- you know, following of two or three years with one particular player because you know the it, they come and go, man. I mean, they really players do come and go. Maybe maybe for a semester and out the door they go. So, uh, but yeah, there's been some good ball. I'm glad to see the Pac-12. You know, kind of what would you say? Uh, prove critics wrong and actually play much better than expected. So that's good. So, Bowler, uh, the Jazz look like the Jazz again last night. Oh, um, yeah. But but the, the but the $64,000 question right now that everybody is asking is, what's going on with Boyan Bogdanovich? Well, you know, I, I, if I knew, I, I wish I knew. Um, you know, Gordon, the only thing I can think is it has to be, and I heard, I think, Jake last night, Tim, talk about this or was it a day the the game before you know it's above the shoulders and that's you know he hasn't forgotten how to play and shoot the ball uh but i think mentally uh, whether it's lack of confidence uh he's had some tough luck shots that look great for my chair uh no matter how far i am from the, the jumbotron but <laughs> you know it's it's um it's really kind of perplexing because, you know, we know what kind of player he is and can be. And, Jake, I don't know, you know, Tim, you guys talked about the wrist and, yeah. you know, not falling on it. And the mind games that go with anybody who's had an injury, just think about what you go through to regain that confidence. But even at a higher level, uh, that's the biggest issue you have to deal with is knowing your body and if it does hurt or if he has doubts, 
it can play total mind games. So, you know, I'm not, I have it sadly because of the situation we're in. I haven't seen Boyan in person in over a year. I'd love to be able to chat with him, you know, just about it. But again, uh, it's, I think, I think it's just something he's got to work out at his own speed. I know fans are upset and crazed about it. And, you know, I'm looking at numbers to back that up, and I can get it. But, you know, here's one to throw at you, Gordo. Last five, he's 12% from three, three of 26. And that's not Boyan Bogdanovich, as we know. Now, he's gotten a few buckets inside, but even some of the layups he's had, you know, incredibly rolled off the back of the rim. And I just, last night I looked at Thurl like, man, that's unreal. I mean, you have to work hard to miss that shot. But, I think it's just the phase he's in right now. And uh, from everything I've heard on Zoom and talking to Quinn, uh, as we do on a daily basis, uh, it's uh, it's one of those things on a, on a game day basis. It's one of those things I don't think anybody's given up on him. And if he doesn't give up on himself, that's the key here. I think the team is still trying to get him involved in early, as we saw last night. But, again, I don't know if it's bad luck or, you know, if, if it's mind games, Jake. I mean, take your pick. It may be a combo of both. Yeah, it's it's I you know what I think he's going to shoot his way out of it. That's just my opinion. You know, uh, Locke mentioned this. Uh, Booner says uh, you're you always become what's on the back of your basketball card, right? And he's been a good shooter in this league oh, for, yeah. for a long, long time. But imagine this for a sec, Bowler. I mean, the way the offense uh, you know looked last night. Certainly, if he does get back to being Bogdanovich, I mean, this this Jazz team uh, has no excuse not to continue the offensive pace it's on. Yeah, you know, you have the hiccup. You play 9 of 10 on the road. Okay, so that's the real stress of this of this season's schedule. End of the first half, start of the second. You play one home game in a month. That includes, remember, the all-star break where you had four jazz, three players, and one coach really have no time uh, to, uh, to rest up. So, you know, those who want to criticize, they won't count that as in the equation, but you know, all teams have to go through a tough schedule, and they. All, I think each team, you know, there's may there may be you can go back in time and and look at the great Laker teams and the Chicago Bulls, and you know, but still, there are there are ups and downs in a season, and I think the Jazz, you know, just battle through one. Look, they went three and two on this road trip. They didn't like the Washington game, and I can understand Beal and Westbrook just absolutely went off. And the defense took has taken a vacation up until last night. Still too many points in the paint, but they're still defending the three. And Gobert was on the floor last night, challenged about every shot that came his way. And I still think you have to remember, Rudy can't take one on five. I mean, he's, he's still got to fill gaps and, and, and fill the cutting lanes and the baseline when Rudy goes out. He does extend, extend himself quite a bit. I like his recovery speed, too. But he was uh, totally on top of his game last night, despite some of the, the buckets that got inside and the mid-range game uh, by Chicago. But uh, man, that was that was fun to watch. I thought he'd get it. I really did. I thought he would. You know, I think Quinn was there in the final four, and I think they left him in a couple of extra minutes, hoping maybe he would get it. Uh, but I liked his comment too. I don't chase. Was it? I don't chase blocks unless I get to nine. <laughs> That was, that was pretty clever by Gilbert. Sometimes, Bolo, when you watch the Jazz, and I think this was the case last night, you've got a bunch of different options to go to. They were talking about Gobert, 9 of 11 from the field, and uh, just being very effective 
from that standpoint. Uh, Donovan, 11 of 19, 5 of 8 from 3. And Joe Ingles, you guys were laughing about it last oh. night. I mean, it's to the point now where every Chuck's up there is <laughs> going in. Uh, okay, so this is my question. When Joe is shooting like that, do you think the Jazz should create shots for him, or does that disrupt the flow of the offense? Yeah, it is disruptive, but I'll be honest, Gordon, it's a great question. And, again, I think when Mike was out with the hamstring, you know, look how he filled in uh, as a starter. But now back at the, uh, coming off the bench, he's playing almost near starter minutes on most nights, and it's hard to bring him off the floor. But he said it last night, too, in the postgame interview. It was a long answer to a, a pretty simple question. He just said it started in the off season that he knew his shot was there. And, you know, Jake, it's true. I, I don't know if I've seen a more efficient, confident guy uh, this time of, of the season in really some pretty tough conditions over the last year and two months, you know, with COVID. But he's shooting 50% from three. It's insane. And you almost get a chuckle because you know Joe's persona – is that little kind of you know crooked grin, and he, and he looks and stares back at you, but he's on, and he knows it. And it's fun to watch, and it's almost ridiculous just how easy this, this three-point shot is for him right now. And the other thing that I think he's changed that's been beneficial, beneficial to him is also keeping the, the ball above the numbers, or you know, chest high and not bringing the ball back down. He even made the claim that – and he – I remember – Guys, just even last year, sometimes we call him slow mo because it would take, he would wind up for the three, take it down and bring it back up. Now it's a catch and shoot right at his head. And man, when you work on that and you're comfortable and it's all in rhythm, Joe Ingles is the hottest three point shooter in the NBA. Well, I want to uh, ask you about Donovan Mitchell and, and give you an observation. And if I'm totally off on this, tell me so, because I, I certainly could be. But Donovan has scored uh, 30 points three games in a row, at least 30 points three games in a row. But last night, I, I thought was the perfect game for him. I mean, he was 11 of 19, 5 of 8 from 3, 30 points, amazing, six, six assists and six boards. But it felt like those 30 points came in the flow of the offense. It didn't feel like Donovan was dominating the ball. Not that he does that a ton, but it felt like that team ball movement type of game that we were used to seeing. And it, it was almost like you kind of looked at the box score after the game and go, wow, Donovan had 30. I, I hardly noticed. And I think yeah. I, I'm saying that as a good thing. No, it is. It is. You know, we, we talked about consistency, right? Not just fourth quarter. We're talking one through four. And, and Jake, I picked up my scorecard from last night, a lot of blue ink uh, on his name. But, yeah, he had 10 after one, 21 at the half, 28 after three. And he didn't. they didn't need him. Yeah. They didn't need any heroics or any Donovan type of heroics in the fourth quarter. He had a bucket. He had 30 points. He got, you know, a two-pointer in the fourth. But it was a very even very calm paced dominating performance and i also as you mentioned i'm glad you mentioned the rest of the box score or a few of the numbers but look at the balance with six board six assists yeah. you know that's what Shaq mentioned remember in the combo a month ago or so was you know are you going to dominate games rebounds and assists you know get your teammates involved well look i don't know how much better donovan mitchell can do on this road trip by the way clutch performer yeah does he need to be more consistent early i would say yeah just because Again, it gives the Jazz a sense of um, not purpose, but look, command. If you're if you're the a 31 win team, which the Jazz are, then you ought to come out with the swagger, right? And, and not play down or just let guys you know push you around. 
uh, your opponent. And I think you have to start and prove a point early. And I think last night was one of the best examples we've had of that in a while. They used to just run over teams and, and run away from them. And then, you know, obviously teams do run back. But I, I thought, again, the Jazz uh, looking at a six-point lead after one, 14 at the half, 18 after three, and you still have enough push in the final game of a 10-day, five-game road trip to win a game by 25. I thought that was pretty impressive. Baller, Rudy Gobert, 21 points, 10 boards, and nine blocks last night. Uh, A couple of observations. One is, are you surprised the development of his game at the offensive end? Uh, It seems like he's coming along a little bit, little bits and pieces. And then, why has it been so long that the Jazz haven't had a triple-double? Some players fall out of bed to get a triple-double for the Jazz, (laughs) not for, what, 12, 13 years? 13 years, boozer. Now, that was a regular season uh, triple-double. You know, Twitter will kind of go crazy when you talk about the last triple-double. There was one, Jake, remind me, at a playoff game. Ricky Rubio in 18. So, you know, Booze had one in 08 in the regular season. So it's crazy to think, if I'm not mistaken, it's the longest streak in the league with a team that hasn't had a triple, a triple-D. And, oh, so close last night. Uh, if the marketing bucket hadn't dropped, Rudy got a piece of it, and it went on in. <laughs> uh, it would have been, you know, been the triple-double everyone, everyone's been waiting for. But getting back to your question about the O, oh, I'm as surprised as I think most. I mean, Thurl and I, the last two games, have watched him, uh, and Jake and Tim have as well. And, Gordo, you saw it. I mean, hanging on a pivot foot, spinning, twisting right to left, and then, you know, scoring with power, uh, a little mid-range J from 10. I mean, that just takes Rudy's game offensively to another level, not just at the rim, but if the big man can step out even six to eight feet consistently, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's a whole other step in his progression as a player in his eighth year. You know, some, some say you top off. By the time you're 27 and five or six years in the league, you're basically the player you're going to be. But I, I don't believe this one on Gobert. And I tell you, I've kind of learned my lesson, too, about Mike Conley in his 14th year. And I'm looking at Joe Ingles, who's 33 and is seventh in the NBA. And all three of these guys continue to improve. And that tells you a lot about, I don't know, team, but also the individual and how hard they work. And also the way the Jazz continue to develop players. And you don't think a vet needs it, but – you have to be coachable, and I think all three names I've just mentioned still want to be coached and still want to improve. And I, I've been surprised about Conley. His three ball is on. He still seems to be just comfortable now more than ever. And Rudy seems to gain confidence, and uh, the same with Joe. Uh, you know, Joe, I thought Joe maybe had topped out, uh, but obviously wrong at, wrong at the moment. He looks as good as he ever has. Well, we're not going to see a full-strength Brooklyn Nets team tomorrow night, but what's your overall take on the Nets? Will the uh, KD, James Harden, Kyrie uh, pair, well, not pairing, I guess, uh, but triumvirate, will that work? The trifecta there, the the big three, as everyone likes to call and try to build. You know, I'm still wondering, but there's a lot of firepower there. There's no question. And if they can all stay healthy, then if you get into the playoffs, I think I saw it today with, with the high ankle sprain that LeBron suffered. Uh, they put the Nets as the favorite to win a title, but that's okay for the Jazz. You know, just kind of hang out, you know, you know, take some of the criticism and the doubters and just go play your game and use that to motivate and let Brooklyn, you know, run 
running the front, if that's the case, it's going to be. But, you know, the Jazz lost to them by 34 uh, back in Brooklyn on that Brooklyn, New York trip. And then remember what happened when Quinn just said, okay, you guys figured it out. And they went on, what, 21 to 22 in the win column. I mean, it was an amazing run. But when Kyrie's healthy and if Durant comes back a healthy player, Kyrie's away uh, with, uh, you know, a family issue, then you got James Harden. Look, those three names, there's some baggage that kind of comes with it, right? I mean, in my opinion, I may be wrong. You guys disagree. But I'm still not convinced that, you know, you can still have enough shots to go around if KD comes back healthy and Durant, excuse me, and, uh, you know, Kyrie's on the floor with Harden, uh, I don't know how you do it. But, you know, I guess you give it a run, right? I mean, on paper, it's, it's dynamic and it's dangerous. But, you know, how good is the bench? Karis LeVert, yeah, I like him. Uh, Landry Shamit, he's out right now. Torian Prince, um, who else? Jared Allen has gotten some time. Joe Harris. There's a lot of, a lot of players that, command demand the ball but those three aren't giving it up and probably 70 percent of their points and offensive production is going to come from those three or maybe even more so i don't know it's uh it'll be interesting to see what happens once uh if they all get healthy and back on the floor together but on paper they look good but i think we know kind of the the mo of all three and i'm not sure if they can all coexist but i could be wrong Bowler, if you were a betting man, would you bet that Alex Jensen will finish the season with the Jazz, or do you think he may be the head coach of a certain local university? Well, you know, insiders uh, have been kind of talking a little bit today. I think, obviously, A.J., who wouldn't want to go back and coach at, at their alma mater? I think, it's a, I think it's a real great place to land. In the Pac-12 up on the hill, I think there's, it's, it's still untapped. And it could be a heck of a program. Uh, they've had, you know, obviously Larry gave it a run, and it was high and low, and then players jump into the, you know, the transfer portal. Um, you know, does Johnny Bryant become a part of this as well? Does he want it? Uh, you know, you got some former Utes that are well qualified, actually. And I don't know, AJ to me, um, Alex Jensen. I I, I love the guy. Uh, he's passionate. Uh, he's as tough as they come, and obviously, with, and as Quinn Snyder said yesterday, and Jake, I thought this was telling in the conversation in the Zoom call before the game. He goes, "Look, he's so important to this franchise, but to me, and you know, that is a pretty big endorsement from a coach like Quinn Snyder to his number one assistant. But you know, family has to come into play, and he may really want to just uh, be able to." focus on being a college head coach or if he does want to be in the NBA, which I don't know either way what he's leaning, to be honest, but if he wants to be an NBA coach, you know, you can hang on to, to this position for a couple more years and I'm sure with the Jazz success, it only makes you a higher priority on the hiring list if that's where you want to go. So I think the next uh, few days will give us a good feel for what's what's going to happen. Bowler, thank you very much for jumping on with us as always, and we'll see you here at the arena tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, big one, 8 o'clock. Um, with, uh, I guess, it's just going to be Harden. He'll probably take 40 shots, Jake. Yeah. Just wait and see. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt it, Bowler, not for a second. Now, and All probably right, at least 22 free throws. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Haven't seen him do the little leg shuffle or the little uh, two-step, but I'm sure we'll see it sometime tomorrow night. Thanks, Bowler. You're the best. All right, guys. Talk soon. Bye-bye. 
The great Craig Bowler Jack jumps on with us each and every Tuesday. Uh, we're going to jump out to Andrew, uh, but real quick, some breaking news. Uh, Utah forward Riley Batten has entered the transfer portal. So that's uh, the fourth Ute basketball player this season to enter the portal. So little news for you there.